Carpenter will be our devotional leader. Two weeks ago, during VBS, we met in the choir room, and Mr. Gamut did a great job. I loved it because he let us talk to him while he was teaching. And I don't know how much material he had. Uh, how much did you use? Half? How much of that material did you use? Half or a quarter? Or? Okay. That was a great answer. But I, I enjoyed that immensely because I think when you interact, you seem to learn more rather than just sit there and go to sleep and uh, let everything go right over your head. One thing I don't like is boring lessons or whatever, you know? We went to youth camp when I was a kid and one guy's name was Bill. He'd bring his pillow to the Bible study and put his feet up on the platform, put his head back, and go to sleep. They called him Dollar Bill, I don't know why. But the fact of the matter is, it was probably a good thing to go to sleep because the guy who was teaching our Bible study was teaching on hyper-Calvinism, teaching us how how wonderful it was. So yeah, it was pretty bad. So yeah, Dollar Bill, he just decided to go to sleep. So I don't think you'll probably go to sleep tonight. Um, I'll try not to be boring. They say if you can't hit oil in 20 minutes, stop boring. So uh, I've, got, I've got about 16 or 18 minutes. I'll tell you, it's amazing. I'm going to use up all my time just talking. Mr. Gamut said, he said, I'll have you up there about 12 minutes after. Don't you just like a guy who's punctual? I mean, 12, how does he do that? He slows the song down or speeds it up to have me up there. He said, you got about 20 minutes, so that's great. Okay, uh, Jeremiah chapter 6. We've already read it, so we won't read it again. It's really just a jumping off point for me. Jeremiah chapter 6. I'll just pick out the portion that I want there. middle of that verse says, and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and you shall find rest for your souls. I know there's a couple of churches around here uh, called Old Paths Baptist Church. I know there's one in Rochester. I guess they picked that title because they want you to know that uh, they're going to be following the old paths. They're going to be using the old book. Uh, and I, I know that uh, we follow the old paths here. We could probably name ourselves Old Paths Baptist Church, and that'd be fine. Uh, did you ever hear the song? I looked in our hymn book. We don't have it in our hymn book, uh, at least the one we have in the pew. Uh, Give me that old-time religion. Ever sing that song here? Give me that old-time religion. Good for my father. Good for my mother. Good for my sister. It keeps going on. And then it comes to that verse that says, makes me love everybody. 
You ever think, ever think of what old-time religion is, actually? Old-time religion. I made a mistake one time. I was talking about this subject, and uh, I guess the, the Methodists used to have old-time religion. I'm too far from the mic. Oh, sorry. There was a there was a time in our country when um, Baptists had old time religion. The Methodists had old time religion. Uh, I think Billy Sunday was a Methodist or a Presbyterian. Presbyterians had old time religion. You say, what in the world is old-time religion? Well, I'll give you a few tonight. What, what I have noticed is what you call old-time religion, and maybe you'll agree with me. There's probably a lot more that you could, you could think about that characterizes old-time religion. Uh, the first thing that I would say that characterizes old-time religion is salvation by grace through faith. Now, we know we believe that here. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But you do know there's a lot of churches that don't believe that. It's not salvation by grace through faith. It's many other ways, any other way that, they, that you could possibly think of. And uh, if that's what you believe is going to get you to heaven, well, good for you. But that's not old-time religion. Old-time religion believed that it was just salvation by grace through faith, period. That's it. I don't know if you think about these things, but I do. Before the foundation of the world, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit designed an absolute super plan of salvation. I mean, super. That a child can understand it. I've, nev I've never read the Koran but I don't know if a child could read it and understand what they have to do to attain salvation. I know they're taught it eventually. But what an amazing, simple plan of salvation that a five-year-old or four-year-old can understand it, accept it, and be saved. And not only that, but a, a wicked, hell-bound sinner sitting in jail, reading the Bible, he can understand it. Wow, God loves me. He paid for my sins. I can't get to heaven by myself. And it works for him. You guys in here ever uh, draw up a set of plans to build something? Like your garage or a house or a playhouse for the kids or whatever? Usually when you draw up a set of plans, you're going to take that plan and you're going to put it into motion as quickly as you can. Before the foundation of the world, uh, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit came up with this beautiful plan of salvation. And you can't tell me how long it was before he implemented it, but it was a long time. Long time. And just at the right time, Jesus implemented that plan. Turn to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. Verse 1. <clears throat> Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Even so, we, when we were children, were in 
bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. It was just at the right time. And you know, uh, the nation of Israel was under Roman law. Uh, I I wouldn't have thought that that would have been the best time for the Redeemer to come. But our Bible tells us it it was just at the right time. And Jesus Christ, as you know, came to this sin-sick world, lived a perfect, sinless life, willingly laid his life down on that cross, shed his precious blood, and in a moment of time, he bridged the gulf, the gap, the chasm, the span, the expanse, whatever it was, he made a bridge. He, He made a way for us to get that plan of salvation. It, it was so wide that you couldn't, you couldn't get around it. It was so broad, you couldn't, you couldn't get over it. It was so low, you couldn't get under it, so high. But in a moment of time, when he came out of that tomb and was victorious over sin, death, hell, and the grave, the plan of salvation was complete. And then when you trust Christ as your Savior, at the same moment of time, you're spiritually seated in heavenly places. That's what we believe old-time religion is. I know lots of times we sing songs and we don't even know what we're singing or we're thinking about something else. Now, that that first song that we sang tonight, Sweet Hour Prayer, I think we ought to be able to uh, put our own time slot in there, you know. Sweet five minutes of prayer or sweet one minute of prayer we did during the day. But that's one of the characteristics of old-time religion is salvation by grace through faith. And another thing that kind of got me thinking about this two weeks ago was Mr. Gamut was speaking about uh, the Holy Spirit. It's interesting, as you know, if you've been taught, that at the moment of salvation, the Holy Spirit comes and takes up residence inside your body. How many knew that the moment they got saved? You thought, oh, this is great. Yep, Holy Spirit just moved in. Five-year-old kid, yep, Holy Spirit just moved in. A lot of us didn't even know that. But it happened. And there's three ways that you know that the Holy Spirit indwells you. Number one is by fact. And where do we get those facts? We get them out of the Bible. And you, you could probably tell me a verse or two tonight that would prove to me, or to someone that asked you, uh, someone may ask you, oh, you, th- you, you tell us that the Holy Spirit takes up residence inside of your body at the moment of salvation. How, can you prove that to me? Could you prove that to someone? It might take you a few minutes, a couple minutes to find some scriptures. Uh, let's see, I'll rattle, I'll rattle some off to you really quickly. John 14, 15 through 19 and verse 26, John 15, 26, John 16, 13, 1 Corinthians 2, 14, Acts 1, 1 through 8, Acts 2, 1 through 4, Acts 2, 37 to 40, 10, 44 to 48, Acts 11, 15 to 17, Acts 15, 8, and 1 Corinthians 3, 16, just to name a few. So there's a lot of verses in there that you could prove to somebody that the Holy Spirit took up residence inside your body at the moment of salvation. There's another way that you know that uh, the Holy Spirit 
dwells inside of you by feeling. I know some of you are going to say, ah, we don't go by feeling. We never go by feeling. We go by fact. That's it. Well, have you ever sung that song? Uh, what is that song? 489 in our hymn book. Uh, what's that one about? Oh, all, all to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. Let me feel the Holy Spirit. Truly know that thou art mine. You can know that the Holy Spirit is inside of you by feeling. You already know he's in there by fact, according to the word of God. I don't know about you, but I like to feel the Holy Spirit every once in a while. Have you ever done this? Have you ever said, are you in there? Because I feel really powerless lately. Ever talk to the Holy Spirit? May as well. He's inside of you. He knows everything you do. He knows everything you say. He knows everything that's going on. I was talking to Pastor Carpenter, I don't know, I guess it was last week, about prayer time. When you get down on your knees and you want to talk to God and you want to fellowship, uh, it's nice that every once in a while the Holy Spirit shows up and you know he's in there and he's, he's bearing witness with you that hey, I'm right here. It's terrific. But you know, it doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes you get down and pray and you're wondering if your prayers are getting above the ceiling. You're wondering if you're praying the right things. It's just great to know that the Holy Spirit shows up sometimes and just lets you know he's there. And there's another way that you, you know that the Holy Spirit is there. Uh, it's pretty simple. Number one, it's a fact. Number two, you can feel him. And number three, your overflow. Um, you know, you don't have to go up to somebody and tell them, I'm full of the Holy Spirit today. You don't really have to do that. You've probably been around people that really walk with God, and you can tell that the Holy Spirit is on their life. There's one of my favorite preachers. I don't know if any of you know him. His name is Buster Kinsey. Anybody know Buster Kinsey? He was born with a lot of physical problems. He's a little short guy, so they always put a platform up for him and his hands deformed and he's all slumped to one side. His, his mom and dad were missionaries and uh, they never let that, all those deformities stop him. They would not let him uh, feel bad about that. So he learned, to, he learned to play guitar. He sits down and he puts the guitar on his lap and he, and he plays with the fingers like this and he can play like a hundred times better than I ever thought of playing. He is, I mean, it's just an amazing guitar player, and uh, he's one of my favorite preachers. And it seems like every time that he preaches a message, you just know that he's been with God, and uh, it shows in his preaching. I was in Buffalo uh, one time at the, at the camp meeting there, and Brother Buster's going to preach. He's going to preach on uh, Mephibosheth. You know who Mephibosheth was? He was Jonathan's son. He was lame, and he, he's down in Lodabar in a bad part of town. And I said to myself, I said, you know, I've heard this message a lot. It's going to be a great message. I, th I thought I'll just sit back and relax. 
and enjoy the message. And it was not but two or three minutes of him preaching. The whole place was bawling their eyes out. It was tremendous. It's like the Holy Spirit just came down, anointed him to preach that message. And I'd heard it before. It could have been the same, it could have been someone else's message. But it's wonderful. That's his overflow. And he didn't have to say after the service, hey, what would you think, guys? Did you think, think I did okay? Was the Holy Spirit on me today? No, you, you just know it. You know it by fact. You know it by feeling. Well, some of us do. Maybe, maybe all of us don't know that. But you, but you should know that the Holy Spirit indwells you by the overflow that comes out of your life. One problem with the overflow, though, if you do it in the flesh, uh, no rewards. Uh, if you come to church and you're, you're fighting with your husband and then you do your Sunday school class, no rewards. If you're, if you're uh, fighting with your husband or wife or whatever or, or you got a bad spirit, bad attitude, you're good enough to teach your Sunday school class. You really are. You, you, you studied, you got your lesson, and uh, you teach your Sunday school lesson. But you're not spirit-filled. Uh, you may have some overflow, but no rewards. Everything we do in the flesh... It uh, doesn't count. And I'll, I'll raise my hand. I'll raise both hands and both feet. I've done it so many times. I've done it so many times. Um, I know a few preachers that do it all the time. They're old preachers. And they don't really need God anymore. They can write down a couple of, a couple of verses. And they preach so long and they know the word of God so well that they just do it. And you can tell because you, you, you don't feel, uh, oh, Brother Weber, you go by feeling too much. You just don't feel like the guy's giving you anything. I guess I can say this. I really appreciate Pastor Carpenter. He studies, he studies, he gives you a good message. He gives you a good Sunday school class. It's tremendous. Um, I tell everybody where I go, I appreciate how much studying he does and prepares and gives us something from the Word of God. Well, that was my first point, Mr. Gamut, and I'm almost out of time, so let's see where I, where I can, where can I finish up here? I'll just use this illustration. If you're saved here tonight, you have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you. If, if you ever went for a job interview, and you're going to work for the government or something, they ask you a lot of questions, don't they, guys? They, they ask you a lot of questions. They ever, they ever ask you, do you hear voices? Uh, does, does any, do you think anybody's living inside of you? Uh, is somebody controlling you? Pastor Carpenter was talking about the, uh, it was in our Sunday school class, Acts, the woman that was controlled by the, the devil or the demon. Everyone could see that she was controlled by a demon. The fact of the matter is, if you're controlled by the Holy Spirit, people ought to know it, and you don't have to tell them. Just the same way that a person is controlled by a demon or the devil is the same way that we're supposed to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Man, that takes a lot of work. That does not say, okay, Holy Spirit, take over. Take over the rest of my life. Oh, 
you got to work at it every day. You've got to yield yourself to them every single day. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. I'll say this. I'll try not to embarrass her. I do appreciate it when uh, Faith does her special music on Sunday. You guys wouldn't probably put up with me, but really, I, I could stand up and raise my hands and just praise the Lord uh, in a good service. That doesn't really bother me. I like it a lot. I guess that's why I go to the summit, and that's why I go to camp meetings and uh, things like that, because I like to get around people that like to praise God and uh, have the Holy Spirit show up in those meetings. It's tremendous. I like it. Okay, I got my first point done. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, do thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for your word, all Holy Spirit of God. We thank you for taking up residence inside of our bodies. Help us to yield ourselves to you each day. Pray that you'd live your life through us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.